I would not be a good actress if it had not been for opera because opera, um, there's so much going on that you have to like your stage presence in order to bring those characters to life. It's hard to sing like that and add, yeah. and, but you have to do it. You have to bring in order to um, really infuse the role with emotion. Um, you have to use your entire instrument and with opera, everything is your instrument. Welcome to episode five of Behind the Credits. I'm here with a very special guest, Rafita Keys. She's voice acted in many video games. I'd love to hear which, what have you done? What video games have you done? Uh, you know, I've done so many. Um, half of them I don't even remember because I, you know, I've done The Suffering, Ties That Bind, that won like awards years ago. Um, uh -huh. The First of Darkness, a bunch for Nintendo. Um, just tons of different games. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I need so, to put together a list. <laughs> yeah. But after a while, you do so many voice gigs, you're just like, oh, well, here's and another one, you know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is just what we do now. <laughs> yeah, here's another one. Yeah, and so you're the next. So I wanted to start with uh, The Suffering. So how do you, when you, how do you even get that script? How do you even audition to begin with? So, um, well, you know, it's a, it's a pretty long process. So let me give you some background as to- okay got into this um, because it was definitely different than a lot of people. I was a, an opera singer for, a, you know, I studied opera and sang opera for about 10 years. Wow. And so, um, you know, opera is a very challenging thing to do. Uh, you always have to rest your voice. And so <laughs> you're, not living. Um, you're certainly not doing the things your friends are doing, going out and drinking and <laughs> having a ball. Yeah. Time. So, you know, because you always have to save your voice and, mm -hmm. um, it got to a point where I was like, you know what? I'm young. I kind of want to retire from this, but I like the money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, people were encouraging me to really get into acting, like um, outside uh -huh. of theater. And so I got an agent, a really great agent in Seattle named Topo Swope. And, um, you know, she had, I think my first audition, I got the job and it was for a commercial and it was a SAG wow. commercial. So Screen Actors Guild. And Awesome. Um, yeah, I took it because I was like, oh, I would love to get that credential. And I did, mm. you know, um, after a few a few jobs. And so um, people started commenting about how clear my voice was. They were like, you know what? I think you'd be good um, at doing voice acting. And I was like, sure, whatever. Is the money there? <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, you know, the money's good because you can go in and do a one hour, two hour spot and make thousands of dollars. And yeah. so... Um, I was being sent on auditions for, um, you know, car commercials, things like that. And I was booking these jobs. And finally, um, Nintendo took note and they were like, hey, we want you to do some video game. I was like, yeah, sure. Is, is the money good? <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, I do love it, but my love was theater, right? So this yes. was just, so it's just another layer to that. And so um, then Richard Rouse, who is just this really fantastic writer, producer, contacted me and he said, you know, I have the script. He's contacted my, my agent, excuse me. Um, yeah. I went on the audition and said, yep, she's the one. And so then we, we recorded. Yeah. So. so I'm curious about your relationship with your agent. Like, how do you dictate jobs and how do you find things that you're interested in? You know, um, your agent really, really knows you. They know what to send mm -hmm. you on. They know what you like. Like, she's not going to send me on any jobs where they're like, take your clothes off. And be like, that's not <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 <laughs> you know. 
Now, if I had um, Gabrielle Union, <laughs> Carmen Electra, yeah. if I had their bodies, I might be like, okay, yeah, sure, I'll take something off. <laughs> I'm not working with that. <laughs> I'm not working with what they got. So um, my agent knows me pretty well. And so she would just send me on jobs that um, definitely voice jobs that, you know, could be, you know, more than one recording worked with my schedule, et cetera. So, um, she, she's, I mean, she's just a top agent in, in my region in Seattle. So she mm -hmm. knew what to send me on. So and if I didn't want a job, then I would just tell her. Yeah. So when you get a voice acting role, how do you prepare for the role? How much information are you given? So they send you the script. And of course mm -hmm. you read that and you try to get into character. You try a bunch of different voices just to see what might um, resonate with the director. Um, mm -hmm. But also, you know, for me, I would still do my voice exercises, which were pretty extensive when you sing okay. classically trained. So it could be an hour of doing voice exercises beforehand, but that also depends on the character, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm going to be, if I'm playing somebody street, I'm not going to do opera exercises beforehand. <laughs> I'm going to come with my gruffest, roughest voice, um, depending on the character. Now, if I'm a street nun, then yeah, I might yeah. do some opera characters, <laughs> opera exercises, but you know, you just want to be as authentic as possible. So, but you know, I went through um, Meisner training, a Meisner um, conservatory, which is a type of acting, right? Okay. So I did that for a long time and that really helps you get into character. It's not method acting where you mm -hmm. literally, you're like, yeah, well, I'm a drug addict and this is what we're doing. <laughs> Let me take drugs. I'm not, I don't do that. <laughs> so my position yeah. for me to try to get into character. And of course I would apply some of those exercises as well. What are some of those exercises to get into character? Like, what do you have to do? You know, they can be, they're very interesting, like um, Meisner chair work, um, where yeah. like, if you and I are sitting here doing Meisner chair work, I may respond to you, like I'd say, you're agreeable, you're happy, like just reading you, right? And you would do the yeah. same for me. If I furrowed my brow, you could say, you're, you're questioning, you know, so it's just yeah. Um uh -huh. And so, you know, for, for me, I would just kind of dive into the character. Um, try to figure out a backstory and things like that. A lot mm. of things that are related to the Meisner technique. So I thinking about that, there's, I think I've, my eye has been opened because <laughs> I watched a few videos and one of the interesting thing was the collaborative process. I was surprised how collaborative uh, acting is. So I was wondering, what is your perspective with a collaborating between you and like a director? Like what's that relationship like? Well, um, you know, you always want to hear the director's vision and you want mm -hmm. to, as much as possible, follow what, you know, the instructions that they're giving you. Um, and, you know, at times if a director is not um, closed off, then you make suggestions. You're like, well, what, what do you think about this? Can I try this? You know, that sort of thing. Sometimes they'll like it. Sometimes they won't. Um, but you always land mm -hmm. at a place where they're satisfied, you're satisfied, et cetera. And those jobs where you don't, where it's just like the director's like my way or the highway, a lot of people are like, oh, this sucks. <laughs> you know, I hate this, you know, um, because they're just not very um, giving. And, in, and acting is about giving. Yeah. So you uh, voice acted in The Suffering. Mm -hmm. What was that experience like? Like auditioning and then being a part of the process? Because I, I heard a quote from one of the blogs that said, 
they found their emotional center after working with you. So I was wondering how did you affect the script and stuff like that? You know, um, so Richard is a phenomenal director and you know the difference between a great director and someone who is just, you know, there to either do a job or doesn't care. Um, Richard cares about his characters. He cares about his actors. He makes it very, very easy to collaborate. I can't say enough good things about Richard, truly, yeah. <laughs> because um, he, he helps center you. So for him to say, oh, they found their emotional center after working with me, that's yeah. really surprising <laughs> because <laughs> I feel like Richard um, knows his characters so well because he writes them. You know, he's, he's writing mm -hmm. these scripts. Um, that he really helps center the actors and he brings so much to it. Um, he's almost like another actor in the room in the way he directs you. Hmm. So another thing I wanted to add was when it's a video game, is there a different direction you have to take your voice acting? Is there, do you have to see the gameplay? You know, and so one of the reasons I like working with Richard is because Richard, like I said, pulls out the emotional depth of, mm -hmm. the, of the characters, whereas for instance, um, you know, I remember one Nintendo game that I was voicing. I was just like, <laughs> boy, this is this is super interesting because you you're literally just making noises. And this one was a snowboarding game. And so yeah. I was just like, you had to make noises like, ah, you know, I just felt <laughs> doing this over and over again. And it was just very um the characters weren't as alive. And uh, mind you, this was a long time ago. Um this was yes. for this game. 10 15 years ago um so the characters were just very sterile <laughs> that type of game where it was like a lot of if then statements a lot of if then yeah. play, um, which all games are but um this one is not like the characters had any backstories you were just trying to make the jump <laughs> or something like that so, yeah you know it was very much so like old comics where it's like bam ah, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're just like, it's like an old Batman comic. Um, yeah. So there are games that are like that. And then there are games where there are just amazing characters that actually have a lot of dialogue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so those games can be very satisfying to do because, you know, you're in it. You feel like you're in the script. And, you know, yeah. the suffering, I know MTV bought the rights to the game years ago because they were going to make it into a movie. <laughs> and at yeah. the time, like, hey, would you be interested in auditioning like that sort of thing um but i think it's still on the shelf so they they never made it but it was it. exciting to just think that they would actually make this into a, a movie when that was being talked to being a movie were you part of that like were they like you're going to be acting in that role no not necessarily because you always have to hold auditions nor would i would i think that i would be the one to cast i mean they <laughs> Tandy Newton, Tandy, Tandy Way, I think that, you know, her new name or her original name that she just just now told us what it is. If they could cast her, if they, they could cast Zoe Zaldana, I'd be the first one to say, yes, them, <laughs> give them, <laughs> you know, um, so, you know, I, I would have been open to it. Um, I would have opened to being, to playing the clerk you know, or yes. on the side, sure, you know, but I, at, at that level at MTV, you want the, the movie to be profitable. So get the best, um, most, most visible actress you can. So you did the I suffering. That team. You want that for that team. Yeah. For the, the, the team, for Richard and his team. Yeah. I mm -hmm. definitely want that for them. So you did the suffering and then you did the suffering too, which the tides ties that bind. 
What is that process of doing another one? Um, you know, it's, it's, um, it's incredible how easy it is to get back in voice when you, um, when you've done the voiceover, um, you've voiced characters before. And so it just feels like coming home when you're doing something a second time. And I had forgotten that I did that. <laughs> so, <laughs> but that's what I mean when you say, when you forget, because there are so many projects that you really truly just forget that you did things. And I, I still have people who email me who will send me messages and say, oh my gosh, you're the person from the suffering. I'm like, that was so long ago, but they recognize the voice. I got the yeah. creepiest message on Facebook um, a few years ago, three years ago, where this guy was like, oh my gosh, I listened to your voice in that game all the time. I just want you to know that it, it affected me so much. And I, and I was like, this game was about cold-blooded murder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, um, but this is kind of concerning. <laughs> so but I remember I, I shared it with a few people. I was like, these are the kind of messages I get. These fans are just something else. You know what I mean? So, yeah, but it's easy to get back into character when you voiced, um, when you voice characters that you, you love. Um, and, you know, the director, Richard, of course, got me right back there as well. He reminds me, you know, of the, the tones and things like that. Because in that mm. game, I voiced um, probably three, maybe four characters. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So how do you develop the backstories of these characters? Like, what do you pull upon to make those backstories? Well, um, I, I won't talk about that game because the backstories are so... <laughs> So yeah, they're well, so gruesome. Yeah. Yeah. They're, when they're so well developed, I didn't have to do much um, mm. because, you're, you know, Richard gave me the backstory. Um, but for other games, you just kind of, um, it just depends on the game, whether you need to dive deeply um, or yeah. not. Uh, I've done plenty of shoot 'em up games. I've done games with veterans. You won't, well, soldiers. <laughs> I'll say that. Soldiers. Yeah. Um, and those, it's, it's, fairly easy to get into the backstory because you you just look at you know is this so is this soldier dealing with ptsd are they are they happy are they clueless that sort of thing and so it's incredibly I'm trying to remember the name of the game but there was one game where the the female soldiers were so stupid <laughs> i was like is this, really, <laughs> is this really what female so i'm like i don't think female soldiers are like this <laughs> so <laughs> You know, I, I, it was almost as if they pulled somebody off the side of the, sh the road selling strawberries and said, you're a soldier now. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, this person go through boot camp because this is a stupid person. So those are kind of difficult to play. I just pretend I'm like Rosen Island from Golden Girls as a soldier. <laughs> you know, and at that point, like, pretty terrible soldier. You understand why she's always getting blasted, basically. <laughs> so... Sometimes the backstory you pull from other characters that you've seen, or you're just able to say, okay, I'm, I'm going to make this one up. This person went through boot camp, had a terrible time, doesn't really want to be in the military, but is here, is trying to shoot their way out so they can get home. Probably doesn't care if they get injured at this point because they want to go home <laughs> because yeah. how stupid this, <laughs> this particular character is. Not to say that that's the case in real life. But. Okay. So. When you're given the scripts to record, how long do you have with the material? Like, is it just taken like the day of, or do you get like a week or is it all at once and you just read through the whole thing? It could be anything. I've had voice acting jobs where I get the script when I get to the studio 
and the wow. director will say this is how this is they'll give you direction this is how i like read blah 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 and so you just do it a lot of times those are just straight reads right um for ones that require a lot more acting they definitely give you this the script well in advance maybe a week you're not expected to memorize everything because of course it's voice acting you can read it from the page um but yeah you get enough time to i've never felt like i didn't have enough time to prepare yeah well that's good because i've always been worried about when you're an actor is given a script like sometimes it's like the turnover so fast like how in the world are you going to memorize this and I think it's almost like um, dancers. Sometimes I'll watch videos of people, of dancers, and they are just learning routine. And it looks like they've picked it up so quickly. And I try to do it. I'm like, this is going to take me a year to learn this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they are so good. And I used to be better when I was doing dance for like um, theater. And when I was younger, I could pick up, pick things up much quick, quicker. Um, when you're doing a lot of voice acting, after a while, it's just, you know, you just, it's just fast. Just clicks? Yeah, you don't even think about it because it's like, okay, I can definitely do this, you know, um, and your confidence grows. So, but so you know, what, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed the video games, but I enjoyed the commercials, you know, commercials for Cinnabon, HGTV, stuff like that. Um, so it was, it was always fun to do it. Just whatever the voice um, job was, it was fun. I know I did an audio book once. I can't tell you the name of the audio book. I completely forgot. <laughs> I wish I had a list. Why don't I have a list? Um, but you know, those audiobooks are probably the hardest to me mm-hmm. um, because they just take forever. They take forever. Yeah. I've done trainings, um, especially back in the day where there wasn't a lot of video trainings, but you know, they were doing uh, a lot of audio trainings or self-help books online or on, on tape and stuff like that. So I've done that. Those are definitely the hardest ones to me because after a while you get bored. Yeah, I'm bored. <laughs> on the fifth hour here, and I could be done with this and be happy. So yeah. So what about uh, advertising? That makes you so excited about them. You seem like you love them. Oh, it's just fun because you're just doing all the. You're trying a bunch of different things. You're, um, you know, how many ways can you say, um, you know, curious about this project? Let HGTV show you how. That sort of thing. <laughs> that's all i have to say but it's just fun because then when you see it on tv or hear it on the radio you're like that's me so it's really to me a lot of fun because you can hear it at any time yeah Mm -hmm. what about uh finding an agent how exactly did you get an agent because that's like one of the big stepping stones as as an actor or voice actor like how do you even do it it wasn't hard for me um it wasn't hard for me because i think um you know seattle is a smaller pond if I were in LA doing this, I think it'd be like much tougher in LA or New York. Um, but I think a lot of agents, they want to fill their roster, right? So at the time, I don't think there were lots of black actresses in my age group in, in this area. So um, I think I probably, actually, that's not true. An ex-boyfriend helped me with this. <laughs> <laughs> So there was a casting director named Jody who was really awesome. And I, she had a class um, where, you know, the person teaching the class was this guy, Mark, an ex-boyfriend. And so Mark and I hit it off. We hit it off. <laughs> so <laughs> he was with a certain agent. Um, he was with Topo Swope, the best agent in the city. And he said, let me call her and I'll, I'll tell her to see you. 
And so he did, and I saw her, and I think Topo really liked Mark. She thought he was a great actor. He is a great actor. Um, and she said, sure, I'll sign her. So it was it was fairly easy for me. Yeah. Yeah. So I, no, go oh. ahead. Um, I had an interview earlier and someone said it's more about who you know than what you know. How do you like make those connections with people so you get those opportunities? You know, the funny thing is, um, because I had already been singing opera, I knew so many creative people in the city. Um, I took, you know, I went to Freehold Theater Lab um, and took the Meisner Conservatory class. And I did another conservatory somewhere else. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> bad memory apparently um so i was already really plugged into the art the art scene in the in the mm -hmm. region um i was doing i was singing at fifth avenue theater and you know in bellevue all these different places so i knew a lot of people already by the time i started acting um mm -hmm. and so it just for me it just always it always seemed easy it's not easy all the time yeah. for people and i recognize that but um, I think really my start in opera helped me. Yes, a lot. of course. Has a lot. opera in any way informed your like acting in the way that you Absolutely. perform? 100%. 100 I, I would not be a good actress if it had not been for opera. Because opera, um, there's so much going on that you have to, like your stage presence, in order to bring those characters to life, it's hard to sing like that and act. Yeah. It, but you have to do it. You have to bring, in order to um really infuse the role with emotion um you have to use your entire instrument and with opera everything is your instrument it's not just your voice it's your body it's um your breathing everything counts so that sort of training that level of training really made a difference it's like how they say a lot of um ballerinas <laughs> who dance ballet can do almost anything because they've been trained. They have to learn so many different techniques when it comes to dancing. And so it's that sort of thing. Okay. So it definitely informed the way that you do things in the future. It, it did. It, it informed a lot of things in my life. Um, it took a lot of discipline to be an opera yeah. singer, a lot of discipline. I practiced almost every day for 10 years. I didn't even taste alcohol until I was 28 because I wow. was singing, you know, and it was like, <laughs> nothing was going to get in the way of my instrument my goals what i wanted to do so um yeah i mean i the discipline is the craziest part of everything but i've taken that discipline to everything my career um how i approach a lot of things in my life and i'm okay. so grateful that i had that opportunity jumping off discipline actually i wasn't going to talk about this but you know what why not uh consistency how do you find consistency i'm struggling with that so how do you find a consistent discipline you know, um, you have to care. You have to be passionate about it. You have to be passionate about something. And there are things that can get in the way, like lots of distractions. Um, but mm. if you are looking at your goal, if you have your goal in mind and you keep that first and foremost, very little will get in your way. You have to, again, that passion is important. Um, but you also have to study the greats. When I, when yeah. I would look at you know, listen to Denise Graves or uh, Maria Callas or just any of the amazing, Leontine Price, oh, but just send me, right? And I'm, <laughs> I want to be that someday. So I was constantly studying their voices. And I had a tremendous coach, um, Pamela Casella, who was just still to this day, one of the people I admire most in the world, because, you know, and she sang with Pavarotti and all these <laughs> a, a, a 
phenomenal, phenomenal opera singer, the kind of person that will bring a room to tears with just a few notes. And you're like, what was that? <laughs> you know, but everybody yeah. know, notice. Um, and so she really helped me as well because she was a consistent person in my life. Um, and so she believed in me, which helped me believe in me. Um, and so when somebody actually believes in you and is constantly telling you, you're going to do it, you're going to get there, you did a great job, this was amazing, you know, you believe it. <laughs> so yeah. that encouragement, getting that encouragement all the time, consistent encouragement, um, it's just, it's important. Yeah. Jumping off that uh, mentorship, it sounds like you found some powerful mentors. How do you find those people? You know, my mentors found me. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I, I mean, I think things have been pretty easy for me at times, but um, I have had, I've been so lucky to have, be surrounded by the most amazing women um, who absolutely yeah. believed in me, who just at every turn, no matter what, would tell me I could do it. They, they believed in my, um, they would see my potential and say, yeah, let's turn this potential into reality, into um, accomplishments. And they were there with me every step of the way and they never left me. And so that yes. I think makes the difference when you have mentors, again, people that believe in you, people that say, no, I see it in you. You have whatever it is. You have it. So you can take this far. That is um, better than gold. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now I'm dropping back into the video games okay. uh, in the church in the church in the darkness, that recording process. It's such a long time from the earlier recording and this one. I think it's like 10 or 15 years between the shuttering and the Church of Darkness. What's the recording process different? Like through that time, has the whole process changed? Like what's going on? No, there haven't, no changes, at least from what I've seen. Um, you can be, stu different studios offer different things, right? Sometimes mm -hmm. the mic is right here. Sometimes the right mic is upright, right in front of you. Um, it's... <sighs> The only differences I have seen really are in the directors and in the projects mm. themselves. So sometimes you need um, sometimes you need more guidance. Other times you need less. Um, but the recording process itself hasn't really changed. Now I'm not in the booth, you know, when it comes manipulating the um, the levels and things like that. So that may have yeah. changed for people. And I did at one point think, let me go to school. I want to learn this. I want to take some trainings and stuff like that. But then I thought, let me leave that to the experts. themselves. <laughs> um, yeah, but nothing really has changed. Wow, that's surprising. I didn't expect that. Yeah. So you played uh, Kian and uh, Theresa. Uh, Teresa? Yeah, Teresa. I hope I'm saying those right. Did I? And <laughs> I was gonna ask, well, how did you get into those characters? Because one's about. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, yeah, I don't remember any character names from any project I've ever done. So. Oh wow. <laughs> except, except opera, <laughs> so I remember those. <laughs> okay. So, when a video game comes out, do you ever go back to a project? Do you ever look back on things you've created, and or do you just move on? I just move on. I have never, I've never looked back. I've never, I've never played any video game that I've recorded. Um, I, I'm not a gamer. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, my, my, 
my heyday was Super Mario Brothers. Sorry to break yeah. it. You know, not that, <laughs> that game. But, you know, I was in high school. So it was just, it was, that was it. And Ninja Gaiden. I remember Ninja Gaiden. But no, I never go back. I hear from other people who play the game. You know, I remember at one point my brother-in-law was like, I just got this game and you're in it. And all this other <laughs> so I've heard from a lot of people that were like, I saw your name on this game or I heard your vo the voice. And I was like, that's Rafita, you know, so that yeah. sort of thing. Um, but no, I've never gone back um, and played the games or anything like that. So, well, what do you think about, because I'm noticing this really weird trend where video games are becoming movies. Like, they're literally, like, movies are becoming video games, and video games become movies, and they're just colliding into this one sphere. How do you think your voice acting is going to change from that? Because I see people wearing mocap suits now, like, they're doing physical performances. Do you think yeah. you're going to be doing that? I've done motion capture before. Um, I've done that a few times, and I really, I, I actually really enjoy that. Um, because it's not really it's a different kind of acting to me it's just all physical and so being having all of these little sensors you know on you and you're moving and it that to me was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun because it's just a, a different kind of artistry altogether yeah yeah does that ever get in the way the the not at all nope not at all not at all not at all. And it's, I've never done a, uh, I've done motion capture on things where I did, I wasn't a voice actor or anything like that. So this was just basically for the animation. Wow. So, and it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. So, what is I, the, oh, sorry, I keep interrupting you. Motion capture today. Um, I probably could. Um, I just haven't done it in such a long time, but I, I'm telling you, it was a blast when you do it. It's a blast. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I bet it is. It sounds awesome. Yeah. And I've had friends who took like um, sword fighting and things like that. And they do motion capture all the time. And um, oh. it's just amazing to watch the videos of them doing their work. So it's super exciting. Yeah. It's a weird thing to see now that we're like stepping away from even like physical shooting. Like it's now become like yeah. 3D shooting. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting to see though. Um, I just what I hope never happens is we get to a point where or actresses and actors are not able to do their thing because we're relying on, you know, deep fakes and <laughs> all these other things <laughs> where we get rid of humans. Um, and we live in a world of Simone's. I don't know if you remember that movie um, where it's like, you know, it's just a, a CGI, um, a CGI actress or something like that, because, you know, yeah getting to look very realistic now, um, which I applaud because I love innovation, but at the same time, there's something amazing about humans that I mm -hmm. hope we keep. Why did you do so many video games if you don't play them? Like, why did you voice act in so many video games? Money. <laughs> <laughs> Money, I mean. <laughs> 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 no, well, because I felt like I was really good at it. I, I can do this. You know, it's not, I'm not a, one of those voice actors that can do a ton of different voices. It's mm. my voice, right? And so if you like yeah. my voice and the, the small variations that I can do with my voice, then that's what you're getting. So I'm not going to be Elmo, for instance. Can I do character voices? Absolutely. Um, but they're going to, going to be just a few degrees of my regular speaking voice. Um, besides money, I actually really like it. I'm passionate about art. I'm yeah. passionate about 
creativity. So anytime I can do something creative, which voice, voiceovers, um, acting, opera, all, all fall within that, um, painting, I love it. Yeah. Sign me up. <laughs> me too. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's, it's so thrilling. It's so thrilling. Um, anytime, I mean, when you're acting, it just, it feels like it activates something, a different side of your brain and you just mm -hmm. feel so alive, which is interesting because you're um, in a sense, escaping reality, <laughs> but, yeah. but you're able to just put on this uh, persona, this cloak of a different person. And I, I can imagine that's how people feel when they do cosplay or something like that. It just, yeah really good it feels really good you feel like you're expanding yourself you feel like you're understanding more about people about the universe and it to me makes you a less judgmental person mm -hmm. so you want people wonder why a lot of um act a lot of actors and actresses are liberals it's because you know there's just a lot less judgment you just feel like no the human experience is so interesting to embody yeah. Just so interesting. And you're putting yourself in another person's shoes. And the more you do that, the more you, the more you feel you understand or can understand other people. Mm. And so extending a hand or being open, those kinds of things um, are not necessarily bad things in this world. So. Yeah. So you take on other perspectives by playing these other characters. Yes. You were, you were stepping into another person's shoes. Yeah. So. I mean, I've never, I've never um, murdered a bunch of people. I've never dated, <laughs> but in a lot of the video games, you know, I'm, this is exactly what I'm doing. And so yeah. um, I don't have that desire, um, but I can put that on in order to play a character. Mm -hmm. So the audition process, another part of the audition process, how many auditions does it take until you get a role? Is it, is your agent responsible for you having like less hits and misses or like, how do you view going into audition to begin with? So my agent is responsible for 99% of the jobs I get, I would say, mm. um, because they, an agent really does a lot of work on your behalf. And so I've never had a problem, you know, breaking off a piece of that Kit Kat bar and paying them. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yeah. oh, you deserve every, every gold coin you get. Um, and, and that's a good agent will do that for you. Um, so the audition process, is, normally it was just one audition and you get the role or you don't. So mm. it's not like um, a job interview in the corporate world where you have to go for four different rounds or something like that. You get in there, if they like you, if they feel the energy aligns with the project, then you get the job. So yeah, yeah. but my, my, my agent, um, my agents over the years have been awesome. Yeah. How do you foster the relationship with your agent? How do they understand who you are? Do you have meetings like discussing what you want in the future? Are you, cause it like a collaborative process. Like you're like, what's the vision that I see of this year? Like, how does that relationship work? Uh, you know, not a lot of, um, I wouldn't say there's a lot of visions. There's not this a vision for each year or something like that. They kind of know what you want. They know who you are. They know um, if, if your priorities in life have changed and you're like, I need to slow down. I'm not going to be auditioning as much now. Um, then, you know, that's one thing. But a lot of times it's just conversations. You talk to your agent a lot. You'll talk to your agent maybe wow. three or four times a week because there's always a new audition. And so okay. they give you the details, they tell you about the character. They're like, you know, if they give you advice, that's great. Um, but you just go in an audition, but you talk to them a lot. 
they're on your you have your agent on speed dial (laughs) (laughs) yeah that surprises me i didn't expect that you'd be talking to your agent all the time oh absolutely because they always have something new for you they're like okay Mm -hmm. i have an audition this is what you where you need to go this is the time what will work for you that sort of thing so they're calendaring your audition um yeah everything and they're communicating they're communicating with with um the party seeking an actress or an actor um so yeah they're they're that middleman have you ever uh, thought about not just doing the acting but maybe casting or directing or shooting have you done any projects like that no i have worked behind the scene on the behind the scenes on sets before mm-hmm. um in different roles um and like right now i'm actually helping to negotiate um an investment into a film um mm-hmm. so there are just different roles that you take on that you don't even think that you're going to do because of conversations or experiences and things like that um, i'm helping a friend with a side project to film that an indie film that mm-hmm. um she's doing in seattle um and i'm not acting it just helping behind the scenes you just kind of when you're in this world you help out where you can <laughs> i've never yeah. wanted to direct um I think I'd be an awful director because I'd be like, oh, do what you feel. <laughs> They're like, what's your vision? I'm like, you're my vision. What do you think? <laughs> They'd be like, um, I think that this is a chaotic process. So I'm not the one to direct. Um, yeah. I, uh, you know, I think I've done some producing on indie films, films, so nothing major. Um, but really my, my passion has been in front of the camera, voice acting and things like that. Yeah. What's it like being a producer? Cause I, so here's a little caveat. I watched this show and it's this anime and it's about them making their own anime studio. And what's really interesting was how impactful the producer was. It's like keeping them on schedule, talking about like what needs to get done. And I, what's that job like? I'm not that level of producer at all. In fact, I, it, it was more like I was given a producing credit for just helping uh, behind the scenes. Yeah. You know, so I, if anything, they were very generous in calling me a producer. Um, mm. I know producers, uh, and that is a full-time job. <laughs> like that is, <laughs> they are miracle workers on set. I am not that. Um, but yeah. I, I have helped out and 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 just background stuff. I think um, if I had time, I could do it because I'm very organized and I've done a, I've um, done a lot of with events and a, a lot in the arts world um but it has not been an interest of mine to date yeah so when you're working with the director what is that relationship like because i feel like it's very collaborative but i was wondering how much of your input influences the character it all depends it all depends <laughs> um i have at times again, there are directors who are very collaborative and very open to their, um, the talent's opinion. Mm-hmm. And so they give you leeway. They say, okay, well, what, do, what, what is your instinct with this character? What do you think you want to do with this character? Um, and then there are directors that are, that have a very strong set vision and they don't want you to experiment at all. Yeah. Um, it, if a producer is the former, it's a very enjoyable experience. 
And that, that isn't to say if they're the latter, you know, very rigid that it's not enjoyable because sometimes you get a director like that and you realize, okay, this was super hard for me. This took me outside of my comfort zone. And then you hear the project and you're like, this is amazing. This is really good. Yeah. Well, who were really like that <laughs> to me, interestingly enough, were um, anybody that came out of Microsoft Studios, they knew yeah. what they wanted. And it was at times you're like, this is this is rough. I wish they were a little more flexible. But then you see the project and you're like, this is really good. <laughs> you know, they, <laughs> they got the spokeswoman for MSN video <laughs> for when it first launched. Yeah. Um, and it, at the time. Uh, internet, you know, all of these these videos and things like that were just being taken to the internet, and so it was fairly new um, to do that. But um, yeah, it just depends. It depends on the um, confidence level of the director. A director who is really confident at times um, is far more open. Got it. And will listen. And will listen. What was your um, so? When you got into opera, how was the beginning of starting that journey like? Oh, it so informs funny. a lot of your acting. It does. And, you know, the thing is, I never wanted to sing opera at first. I was like, I'm here for jazz. <laughs> so, <laughs> but every time I opened my mouth, it came out very classical. It came out very operatic. And so um, you tr I tried. I was like, I'm going to be a jazz singer. And jazz was like, we don't want you. Um, so <laughs> opera... <laughs> opera worked out um but it was bumpy at first because it's not something i expected to do and at first i fought against it um but then it uh, sort of took off because I, I realized my voice was soaring when it came to opera it was just e it was much easier for me than any other genre mm -hmm. so but i love opera I, I definitely grew to love it i became very passionate about it within a year of starting wow yeah that's awesome so uh, talking about unexpected turns, um, I heard this whole new concept where it's like, you don't know where your success is going to come from. Like, how do you grab onto those opportunities? How do you like make sure that you like um, deliver on that? So the thing about that is um, it's a convergence of a lot of things. Your mentors who are constantly opening doors for you. Um, mm -hmm. And when you open the door and, and you see an open door and you step through it, uh, and you have experience because you were able to recognize it, um, you take a few steps and there's another door. There's another mentor opening or another um, person of influence opening a door for you. Um, you've got to take advantage of what's in front of you. And it means hard work because every time you work hard, you get to gain another set of skills. Um, you're presented with new opportunities. And a lot of times people think, oh, this person is lucky. That person may have worked really, really hard and actually yeah. decided to walk through the doors that they see. A lot of times people just don't take advantage of the opportunities in front of them. And when that happens, um, you know, they, they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm not getting breaks in life. I'm not getting this. I'm not getting that. It's like, well, there were 15 doors that you passed up. You just decide, you know, and just choose one. If there are 15, you don't have to, um, be immobilized by indecision just walk through mm. a door because the funny yeah. thing is you walk through that door you're going to see those same doors are on the other side too with a few more doors that's how you create mm. a path yeah well that's some really great advice <laughs> well, that's that's how it works <laughs> that's uh, that's reality yeah yeah through those doors and you haven't given up the other opportunities they're still there you just get more yeah
So what would be a big piece of advice for someone wanting to get into voice acting? Get to know the players, get to know the studios, find out what the projects are and find a really good agent. A lot of times people won't just hire, you know, anybody off the street, but immerse yourself in the art scene. Um, there are so many, I, there isn't one thing I did, you know what I mean? I, I've mentioned a, a lot of things that I did, whether going to a conservatory, getting a, an agent, um, singing opera, all of those things led to every opportunity that I have. So work on yourself for sure, get involved in the industry. So if there's an opportunity to, to volunteer on a movie set, do it because you're going to get to know people and those people know people, those people know people, that sort of thing. And eventually some of those people will be um, directors and producers of voice projects. You get to know them and you, you tell them your interest. People will want to help you if you've been helpful to them or if you have a good reputation. Mm. Do the work. Wow. That's great. Get a good agent if you can. Well, I think I'm going to end it here. Thank you for having being on. It's been amazing. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's been a great, it's been a lot of fun.